Hello, Julian. Hi, Mike. So what are we going to do today then? Ah, now, we've got one of the best ever 60-second CPDs, completely off the cuff, hot and cold therapy, and it's by Physio RVN, Hannah Olive Lee. We'd better get Hannah on then, hadn't we? Yeah. Hello, Hannah. Hi. Hi, I'm Mike Brampton. And my name is Julian Ho. Welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. And it's Hannah. Hello. Hello, Hannah. Hello, Hannah. How are you guys? Fine, yeah. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Hannah, it's so lovely to see you. It it's really so is. nice to meet you guys. I was I was trying to remember whether have we met, Hannah? Did we meet at Congress or something along the way? Because maybe your your face is so familiar from the um from your, your Twitter thing and whatever. Uh, I'm on a lot. If that helps, um, I've also got a Instagram and a Facebook, which is nursing based. You weren't to Congress this year, the UNA Congress. I was. I was a speaker this year. I, I wonder if I caught sight of you there because I was there this year, but I was, I was mainly in um, meetings and, and stuff. What What did you do at Congress, Julian? Well, I was mainly in meetings, uh, except for except for party night when I wasn't in a meeting. I, I'm so sorry I didn't uh, catch your. Lectures at Congress, how did they go? Yeah, it was really good. Well, I was a, a first time lecturer, so I, I got the typical first time lecturer slot, which was the last uh, lecture on the la- on the last day. Yeah. Um, and do you know what? I was really grateful for people turning up because I was sort of like, if it was me, I'd be on my way home. So <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. I, I did that. I did that Year, years uh, years ago. I, I was the the last lecturer on the last slot back when it was a Sunday, so there was even more yeah. of a rush to get home. Uh, I was doing an ultrasound lecture. And um, and they picked. They thought ultrasound was going to be pretty popular, so they put me in the biggest lecture hall, and five people turned up, oh, and they yeah. and they all sat at the back. Yeah, well, this is Super what happened. Important. They all sat. No one sat in the front row, and I'm kind yeah. of going, guys, I'm not going to bite. Like, there's like ten of us. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so I gave. I gave we the don't believe you. Closer, and in the end, I said, okay, I'm coming down there. So I walked down, took the microphone, walked down, and sat between them. <laughs> pointing to bits on the screen with the laser pointer. And it was good fun. Every yeah. every 10 or 15 minutes I tried to sort of shift up, they were having nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they were giving you nothing. Did they ask lots of questions? Yeah, they did actually. And we had quite a lot of people um watching online until the live stream computer blew up. Oh no. Oh, 30 no. 35 minutes in. Yes. It's this blue screen of death. Oh. And, uh, yeah. Oh, do, do, do it record still? I think so. Them? I think so, which was really good. So, um, but I I loved it. What, what were you speaking on? I was doing um, veterinary leadership. So I was talking about once you become a head nurse, how you manage the team and how you what that transition's like and how to have those difficult conversations, which are quite awkward for us all. So. Feedback sandwiches, huh? Ah, uh, no, no, no. The feedback no? sandwich is a joy eraser. You see. So basically by um, giving something positive and then negative, you've then gotten rid of the positive thing. Yeah. So yeah, you do another positive at the end. Yep. Still not the same thing. They'll focus on the negative. Um, so I learned a lot of this sort of stuff from um, right. Alan Robinson. So what, oh, yeah. Yeah. what we do is use his iMessage technique. So it's the only topic of conversation. And you say, I've noticed that, you know, you've been 10 minutes late. It makes me feel like you don't want to be here. I'd really appreciate it if you'd come in 10 minutes earlier. 
right? Right. So, so but that makes people feel guilty, does it, instead? Or it's more to make it more personal instead of going the team and moaning the whole time that you never hear on time. Right. Okay. So, and okay. by making it the only topic of conversation, and you do the same with praise. So you don't go, you know, what you did was really great today, but could you come in tomorrow at eight? You've got to make it a one thing conversation. Okay. Quite interesting. We we had someone on a few weeks back who ultimately hypnotised us, but before uh, yeah. that, she um, she said you, you you try not to say but, so you'd yeah. say, uh, um, I think you did a really good job the other day, and I noticed you were late in this morning. Yep. And where do we go from there? Yeah. So, but also, and however, mm. are all sorts of words that go. So you'll say something they've done really well and then do but, however, or also, and you go, well, what was great has gone. Yeah. Right. And now what I'm going to say is what the problem is. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So it's a lot of it's about language that we absorb that we don't even realise. Yeah. 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 And I guess they are, they're triggers, aren't they? They're word triggers. Yeah. But as soon as someone says it, you start thinking, oh, I'm yeah, with, now. with respect, Julian. Hmm. There's a classic one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You see, and I felt guilty already. Yeah. 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 Because when you say with respect, what you mean is, I'm going to show you no respect now because I think you're being crap. Yeah. (laughs) So how did you, you you started with uh, Adam Robinson? Yes. So um, I work for Panel Betts in Kent. Yeah. Um, They are, you might know them, they've um, just become an employee-owned trust. I helped to design the... um, BSAVA Congress last year with Andrew Green. Oh, perfect. Oh, you he's lovely. He's isn't he, isn't he great? Isn't he fantastic? He's also the best boss ever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and he's really into his neurolinguistic programming, isn't he? And, uh, and yes, stuff. so that's where a lot of that's come from. And he got Alan on board. And um basically the whole leadership team does training with Alan every three months. Mm. Right. So we sit down in a room all together and we talk about situations that we've had and how we want to talk to people and the language that we want to use to create a positive mindset or a positive way of moving forward. So we've got a few sayings that are um, things like people support what they create. So by getting your team involved and helping you make things, they're going to follow up up with it. Mm. Um, And uh, it's evolution not revolution which means don't go in all guns blazing and say this is how we're doing it you do it slowly slowly um so lots lots of different things like that which really really help create that positive place Mm -hmm. we've got classic veterinary practices where a vet has owned a practice for a long time and he's built and employed a team around him Mm -hmm. Uh, quite often in the current situation and climate that owner will sell out to a corporate who after a couple of years will bring in a separate clinical director to manage the practice on on their behalf what what's what's the model that you're working in so we work on employee owned so every single person who is employed by the practice owns the practice in theory right that's that's like john lewis isn't it yes so we as far as i know i believe we're the first veterinary practice in the uk to do so Right, you are indeed. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're essentially the same as John Lewis. So, what we've done is we've selected an employee board member and they go to all the board meetings and sort out all of those things on our behalf. Right. Um, and then, once they've done their term of office, we will re elect another p- a representative for us. Okay. Um, 
And what that means is any sort of profits and things that come in, the, the, then the employees get to enjoy. Okay, so you, you are in effect shareholders of the business? Yes. So we don't own actual shares, so to right. speak, but we, while we're employed there, we have a say in all, all that sort of and And are involved in profit sharing? Yes. Okay. Interesting model. I'd like to look into that a bit more. Yeah, so we've got a website which is called the British Veterinary Employee Owned Association. I had to think that one through. Yeah. Yes. Andy and, um, and the other partners felt that it was quite important to go that way because they didn't want to go down the corporate route, did they? They yes, wanted to so stay clear of that. They're so, so forward thinking because they basically they were so upset that so many people were worried that they would sell out to corporates right and they've always been very very proudly independent the vision of the practice has always been we want to be the biggest independent in the southeast and we want to have a national name we want to have our people speaking at congresses that sort of thing so actually for them protecting their independence was so important especially with the world we're in now. Mm. Um, and it was something they thought of for a long, long time, and it just seemed like the time was right to do it. Right. That's tremendous. Well, and it's working out okay? Everyone's, everyone's oh, really we love engaged it. with it? Yeah, That's everyone's cool. really engaged with it, and everyone likes, you know, I've always felt that the practice is, is my house, so to right. speak. Well, now it really is my house. <laughs> cool. So are you the employee representative then? No, I'm not actually. <laughs> Has it changed the, the the sort of career path and structuring of, of everyone there, or have their jobs remained the same but they just earn a little more if the practice earns more? Do you see what I mean? Is it? Yeah. So it doesn't changed? it doesn't change the day to day so much. It's just more the security that we're not going to go to corporate and everything's not going to change. So it's it's knowing that we're, we're in a safe place, if that makes sense, mm. and that we've got a future that's assured and that we can invest ourselves in. Right. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Un- unless everyone gets together and says, hey, let's sell to a corporate. Yeah, exactly. But we've got however many employees, so we're all going to vote on it and, and that sort of thing, especially something that big, um, which I don't think any of us want to do. We love the fact that we're independent yeah. and can decide, and, and that's such a powerful thing. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. fantastic. I can't wait to see how it uh, how it evolves. Well, say, we've already we're six months already in. Mm. Yeah, I saw the um, the announcement when yeah. it uh, when it happened, and uh, Andy was just really made up. I think so. Excellent. Really, really pleased about that. And getting back, but so to your your title is still head nurse. No, so it's just changed because I've just come back from maternity leave. Um, Congratulations. Congratulations. So thank you very much. He's uh currently snoozing. <laughs> <laughs> so we may actually get interrupted at any moment. No, he's fairly sturdy to be fair. Oh bless. Good. I just treat him like a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as he messes the cage and not outside, you're okay. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Good, good. But um <laughs> yeah, Penance has has allowed me to diversify a lot in my career. So I actually started with um, Pennards back in 2017. Right. And I came as an RVN. Um, Within six months, I then became nursing team lead, um, which is a shared role with the head Mm -hmm. nurse. So the head nurse does um, 
sort of admin and sorting out the qualified nurses. I did the student nurses and the day-to-day running of things. Right. Um, and then I did that for three years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then nice. the pandemic hit. <laughs> Oh, yes, that old thing. Mm. That old thing. And I was um, six weeks pregnant at the time. So I got sent home. (laughs) Um, And I started managing the telemedicine app that we have, which is Pets App. So I was doing um, nurse consults essentially from my kitchen um, as much as I could until my tunic wouldn't fit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> couldn't you just sort of wear it at the top bit you know? well i ended up moving to a scrub scrub top that i could sort of wriggle <laughs> um and then i've been on maternity leave and now i've come back to do their social media and marketing all right wow gosh yeah. wow which is which is huge news isn't it really for practices that they've got to keep up with that yeah and it's it's something that i did actually over the pandemic Right. So I was doing a weekly live, like Q&As with the clients, things they could do at home, yep. how to socialise their puppies at home, because, of course, everyone decided they wanted a puppy at that time. Of course. Um, yeah. So how to do the normal things that we would do, but from home, right. um, which was quite funny. Some funny demos. Clients really loved it. it our engagement went through the roof. Yeah. Um, so it's really nice that that role was created for me. Um, mm. And then... In the middle of all of that, on maternity leave, I handed in my dissertation and I'm now a qualified animal physio. Wow. Yes. And we shall get on to that Fantastic. a little later, I think. I, I want to go back in time, though, if I can, Hannah. So, what, Thank you, Julian. So, <laughs> what, got, what got you into veterinary nursing in the first place? It was a complete accident, actually. Okay. Um, so I have um, been, well, I'm a farmer's daughter. Okay. Um, and we've had everything on the farm that you could imagine. And I basically have a real passion for horses. We've got a stud farm for Hackneys and Welsh cobs. Um, so Hackneys are endangered. So we've always been quite pro-advocating them. And um, First bred, I think, in the 14th century in Norfolk. Correct. What? Did my own work. Yeah. I used to ride a Hackney. Did you? Yeah. Mm. They're yeah. quite... Um, she was an aggressive bugger mm. it's called yeah. Sherry and you needed a bottle of it when you fell off her every time oh, do carry on, I'm digressing um, but um, yeah, so in my early days I was set on an equestrian path um, before I finished secondary school I went to the Junior World Championships for carriage driving Wow, wow which was amazing, brilliant experience um, and my Hackney was the first one ever in Hungary. Gosh. So um, okay. lots of people were very, very interested in him, um, which was great. And we came home with a silver medal. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and then I got home and went, oh, best decide what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> um, and I had lots of offers from universities to do equine things. Um, and I sort of went, actually, I do all of these things anyway. I'm not okay. really sure that this is going to challenge me. Right. Um, so I took a year off and did what every teenager does at that time. I went out drinking, went met, went out with my friends, worked in a pub, um, all those sorts of things. And uh, my now husband said, have you ever thought about veterinary nursing? You're so good with animals. And I sort of went, yeah, sure, I'll do that then. <laughs> Um, and uh, 366 letters later to every practice 
in on the tractors um standard scheme for training yeah. um they all got a letter from me i got five replies three of which were a no and two of which were a yes um wow. interviewed for the two and got a job from one <laughs> wow so the, the, there's a there's a real there's a real moral in that isn't there in, in that you know you've just got to persevere and persevere and persevere and keep going because yeah a five a five response from over 360 letters that's a lot of rejection yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's not really rejection is it because they didn't just, even bother yeah no, no yeah that's a lot of competition isn't it yeah and I, I also tried to make my letter. It took me three weeks to write it, actually. I remember at the time, and I kept getting people to grammar check it and, and things like that. And actually, my my first boss, bless him, um, David Cuff, who I am always endlessly, endlessly grateful to. And yeah. he, I love David. Brilliant he's guy. brilliant, isn't he? Mm. And he, he said to me, do you know how many letters I read a day that have spelling mistakes? Yours didn't. It's why you're here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So, Brilliant um, stuff. Proofread. <laughs> so so yeah. persevere yeah. and proofread. Yep. <laughs> wow. That's, that's fantastic. So that started your new course into veterinary nursing. Yep. And, and I worked for David for three and a half years in Clapham. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved that practice. I loved the clients. I loved David. I loved, it was a real, despite being in sort of Southwest London, it was a real neighborhood vet. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knew everybody. People would speak to you walking down the street. You you knew your clients inside out. Yeah. It was brilliant. And for me, I got a little bit of London life. I thought I was the beast knees. Um <laughs> So I was really, I was really sad when I left Dave's actually. Oh. Mm. Um, I had to move closer to home because my grandmother had been diagnosed with um, bone cancer and I had to go and live with her. Um, oh, so yeah, and then I moved to Goddard's. Right. Um, which was lovely. Actually, I really, really liked working for Goddard's too. They let me diversify loads. Um, I got to work in four different clinics a week at one point. Well, God, um, Goddard's, <laughs> Goddard's are like one of the, the, well, they are the, one of the big, the big. Um, they are the biggest non-corporate groups, yeah, I think. Throughout the whole the, of London, the country, Yeah. They, they are brilliant. Um, there's so many pluses to working mm. for them. Um, and like I say, I got to work in four different clinics and clinical coach in all four of them. And then I had the Friday was my admin day to do all the typing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. They're uh, they big um, big employers still, aren't they? Yeah, they they are and they've got so many like I say so many benefits for working for them. And mm-hmm. they've got their own system where all their staff get discounts off of um different high street stores and things like that, which is a real benefit. Mm-hmm. Especially to someone who likes to shop. <laughs> you like shopping, do you? Oh, I love shopping. <laughs> now, clothes shopping or shopping for Terry Pratchett books or or horses? Of horses and homeware. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Can't help. All sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have horses at the moment? Do you, do you actually breed now? Yeah. So we actually, um, we've got a, a what I call a miracle baby actually this year. Um, so Buddy, the hackney, who was born from a 26-year-old stallion, 
Um, he was born in April, and sadly, six weeks later, his mum died um, of hypocalcemia, which apparently has been really bad this year. Um, and no, that's because of the um, graph, uh, grass growth rate, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, thinking back to my horse days, uh, the whenever the grass grows very quickly in the spring due to the late frost and early rain, you get a, a nutritionally imbalanced grass growth with high phosphate and low calcium or, yeah. and, and lots of magnesium. So you can get magnesium tetany early on in the year, but you get hypocalcemia later on in the year, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I, as far as I understand it, I'm because I'm a small animal, I'm not really... Right large animal it's just i'm large because i have them <laughs> <laughs> i i don't do horses anymore because uh, i don't have much of a skull anymore <laughs> well see this mm, yep. prominent so, lump. so hannah is pointing to a, a rather fetching little lump on her forehead uh was uh from my a horse shot her head up and smacked me in the head and i i'm pretty sure it's it's a fracture of some kind because it feels yeah. quite spiky when i touch it <laughs> Yeah, how, the, the how, how long ago was that? May. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's staying up rather too long for a periosteal bruise, isn't it? I yeah. think so, yeah. <laughs> a, a horse whacking its head up was what um, landed me in hospital with a subdural hemorrhage when I was at college. Oh, right. Um, okay. I, I think, I can't remember it. <laughs> wow. For people who were watching it said the horse reared up and yeah. uh, uh, hit, hit his head on me. No, this was just a simple... I didn't move quick enough, and and she moved at the same same speed. Wow! So how many horses have you got then? So you're obviously breeding them. Yeah, so we've got um, sixteen altogether. Wow, that's a lot of horses. That's a lot. Hmm. So I have three. <laughs> right. Okay. Is, you know, my dad's a hoarder. Long long story short, um, but we tend to have quite a lot of sorry ca- horses who have come to us as a sorry case um, right. for example one of the stallions we have um was a rescue he came to us completely full chocolate butt full of pneumonia all run up no weight on him and um, so he's been fed up and looked after and, and sorted and actually now he's doing really well um, we had my first ever pony was rescued from a market he was a Dartmoor pony um, he'd been taken from his mum at four months old um, and was being hand reared. Um, and we bought him for a grand sum of £45. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came home in the back seat of a Mercedes car. Sweet. <laughs> Fantastic. Wait, what's he drive now? <laughs> <laughs> Something with more horsepower, obviously. Well, obviously. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> So, I mean, that's a lot of work looking after 16 horses. Yeah. <laughs> so you get up at three o'clock every morning. Not quite three, five. <laughs> feed, feed the baby, go down to the yard, muck out all horses, come back home, feed the baby, and yeah. then go into the vet practice. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's a long old day. Ah, it's another one in the zoo. <laughs> wow wow i'm very 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 lucky and it's not just because he's listening um to have a super supportive husband who helps out a lot and uh, works from home so 
he's been super. He had um, our son while I was at BVNA and everything, so I couldn't couldn't do it without him. And so he big, even begrudgingly will help with ponies. <laughs> so big thanks to John then. Yeah. Yes. Well done, John. Good man. Good man. That's brilliant. So I understand that you're also involved in physiotherapy. You mentioned that 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 um, your current employer has been very supportive in in guiding you and allowing you to, to sort of go your way. So what's got you into physiotherapy? Because you've you you've just qualified, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, tell us more about that, Hannah. That's fascinating so stuff. Eight years ago, when I left David's, um, I said. Having been here and watched all your orthopedic ops and stuff, I want to be a physiotherapist. I think it's a place that practices have room for. I think rehab is really underused and I think I could do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved from practice to practice a little bit, trying to find someone to support me to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found home at Pennards. Um, I've now been there for five years. Um, which is how much I love love where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had so much rehab. They had hydrotherapy. They had vets who were doing acupuncture. They had the K laser. They had therapeutic ultrasound. And I thought, yes, this is it. This is this is where it's going to work for me. Right. And um, they've they've just been brilliant. They've been so supportive. Um, they've provided me with the CPD days that I needed. They've Every time I've done an exam, they've been like, good luck. We know you'll be fine. Um, so I, I just, I'm so grateful. Right, tremendous. And are they doing uh, sort of structured and, and integrative uh, rehabilitation clinics? So are you working together with uh, with the vet, with other nurses, with the client to do a more sort of holistic approach? Yeah, so what we're looking at, and, and it, we're evolving it all the time, because what happens mm-hmm. is the more we we start down one path, the further it goes down something else. So we started just looking at, for example, osteoarthritis. Right. And we know that's a that's a big thing anyway, but it's about educating our clients earlier about the signs that they are. So it's not until the dog's completely lame that they come in and look for pain relief and hydro and all that stuff. So we're catching them early on and looking for those subtle changes in behaviour. I mean, the nurses are phenomenal they're all very passionate about geriatric care anyway and mm. um, so we're working with the vets we've got the physio on board we've got the hydro on board we've got everything within the practice so that actually our clients aren't having to go anywhere else to have access to that specialty and i think um, i think it's probably worth mentioning at this time that if if anyone's listening out there who has an elderly dog or a dog that's um uh, or cat even that has just had some sort of surgery or, or for whatever reason is struggling in any way physiotherapy just like it does with people really really helps so um looking at one of the most common orthopedic surgeries that, that, that we do i think as vets uh simple cruciate surgery mm-hmm. i say simple in inverted commas because cruciate surgery these days is anything but simple mm-hmm. uh, we we do either ttas or tplos or z legs or lateral sutures at the practice depending always on the phase of the moon but i don't do any of them without the clients committing to do physiotherapy afterwards yeah. and i think that's been the real bone uh, uh, not a bone the, the real bonus boon uh, the boon boon thank you very much yeah. <laughs> i'm now my usual gin that's a problem yeah. so the, the, the real boon over the last few years is actually the realization that um 
that there are physiotherapists uh, out there or in some practices that will actually uh, make any orthopedic, particularly uh, intervention, uh, much, much more successful. Yes. So we, we used to say uh, in a very arrogant way, oh, we, we just start the pet on its road to recovery by surgery. But actually now we really mean it because we do just start that. And we may tweak a little bit here, cut a bit there and sew a bit there. But actually it's teaching them to use that, that limb yeah. joint muscle again that, that gets them there. And so I, I can't really understate how important physiotherapy is. It's, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because in human medicine, we wouldn't even entertain having any surgery without a course of physiotherapy to help the patient recover post-surgery, would we? You know, that's, that's, a, that's yeah. a normal course of events. Well, I mean, yeah. look how many people, even without having surgery, go for a massage because they've been stressed and they've taken a lot of strain. Yeah. You know, it's so valuable. Mm. And it also, it, it, it's proven to make you feel good. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What? What? Right, okay. Oh dear. So, Hannah, okay, you're talking about massage. Yeah, yeah. I'm picturing this. You've done this so you can cuddle dogs, haven't you? Oh, definitely. Poor doggy's had <laughs> surgery, therefore I need to cuddle it three times a week from 1 o'clock till one thirty. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then we'll come back in for another session next week. That's Honestly, what it's... I went into the practice today, and having yeah. not been in the practice for a while, I saw so many dogs. I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I could have cried. Oh, bless. No, I'm, I'm teasing you there. That's totally inappropriate of me. It's just I, I on, saw a, that... on a practical side, massage yeah. is, is proven to increase um, circulation and increase yep. release of endorphins, which, of course, are happy hormones. Absolutely. And in the first doing the massage as well. Oh, yes. It's, it's a real, if we can teach a little bit of massage and a little bit of physiotherapy, so uh, problems, passive range of movement, things to, to owners, then it really improves the bond with their pet as, they, as they're recovering. Hmm. So you, you've just hinted on one of the biggest things for me, and that's training our clients to do physiotherapy at home. Mm. Yep. Because we, we know it's good for them, we know it's good for us. We know it's good for the patient, most importantly. So getting them to use those little techniques throughout their, their recovery and also throughout their dog getting older, mm-hmm. you're just making everybody happier and more careful. There's nothing worse than knowing your dog's got arthritis, which is just going to potentially get worse, yep. and going, well, there's nothing I can do. Well, yeah. actually, there is. Yeah. there are things you can do. Mm-hmm. Do you have any top tips on that? Oh, yeah, oh, tons. God, home and changing your home is such a big thing. Mm-hmm. So avoiding slippery floors, so getting some carpets or some rubber mats down, having a nice, comfortable orthopedic mattress for your pet will be so, so helpful. And um, we often get people, particularly with, with, uh, with, with joint surgery, we get people to set up little obstacle courses in their home. Oh, so yeah. getting a few broomsticks lying over the, uh, the floor and uh, getting the dogs then have to lift their legs up to, uh, to to get over them. That's awfully good fun. But I, I, I do say to clients, don't forget to pick them up before you go to bed. Because Correct. I had one one chap who complained that uh, he tripped over a broom that his wife had left to train the dog and hurt himself rather badly, and I should replace his coffee table. He was quite serious about it. It was all your fault, Julian. It was all my fault. All How your dare fault. you? 
actually, even even on that sort of obstacle course, there's stuff we can do for our puppies as well, um, sort of proprioception training, so teaching them to be more aware. So finding them different surfaces in your home or outside of your home to walk on and to navigate, really, really important. And what that does all the time is provide them with neurological feedback that makes them go, oh, hey, that, that stone there, that's a little bit sharp, so I'll move this way. So it's all education. Um, we we do this thing. I don't know if you've come across it, Hannah. Have you seen any previous uh, episodes? I have to confess I haven't. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, so what we do is we ask our guests to give us a little lecture in 60 seconds on any aspect of, of anything that they like. <laughs> right. So you haven't, yes. you haven't come across 60 seconds CPD, but you're up for the challenge, yeah? Oh, yeah, totally. Brilliant. Okay. What what do you what do you fancy doing sixty second CPD on? Mm-hmm. Let's do it on hot hot and cold therapy because that's something that clients can use on their patients at home. Hot and cold. That that sounds good actually. That that's nice because it really? also fits in with the whole theme of the uh, of the show. So uh, right. So I've got I've got the timer here. Okay. All right. I'm ready for it. So you 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 compose yourself. So so Hannah Olifley. Uh, 60 seconds CPD on hot and cold therapy starting now. Hi, everybody. So I just wanted to talk about hot and cold therapy as a form of physiotherapy. So what they are is essentially using heat and cold to help your pet. So what you can do, cold therapy is always used when they initially have an injury. So you want to use that within the first 24 to 48 hours. Now, always with cold therapy, you need to be careful because as much as you can get heat burns, you can get cold burns. So always make sure that you put a towel or something in between before placing it on your pets. With either therapy, you need to do it for 10 minutes every four hours. This is just give the body a bit of time to reset itself. Heat therapy, you want to specifically target um, injuries or um, joints because it's really good at thinning joint fluid, increasing circulation and providing pain relief. Now, you can do this in a variety of ways. You can get some hot and cold packs or you can use Wheaties or something like a radiator bed for cats. And that's about it, because I'm about to start and that is fantastic. Well, and that's completely off the cuff, was it? Yeah. Fabulous. I can, I can talk physio all day long. <laughs> Fabulous. That was, that was really good. That was, that really was good. excellent. Um, and, and actually... The, there are huge benefits, aren't there? Uh, particularly, well, for both, but particularly with um, with cold therapy, we, we use it on a lot of our surgeries, uh, Mickey post surgery, because it's uh, obviously anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Uh, it's also analgesic. Yeah. You put cold on something, it'll take the pain away. Yeah. Uh, so, for human cruciate surgery, they will put a cold tube around your knee, yeah. uh, put a nerve block in, and, and have the knee bending in a funny machine for about 12 hours post-surgery just to create a, a passive range of movement there mm. uh, and the cold treatments usually carried on for for five to, to seven days afterwards so wow loses as you say that the best benefits are 24 to 48 hours after injury yeah so you want cold cold for immediate injury and then heat for chronic yeah yeah, uh, or, or a combination of both, or or a combination of both plus laser. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. You yeah, love a laser, my language. You're talking my language. Yeah. <laughs> you, you mentioned um, hydrotherapy. Do you have a, a treadmill yeah. or a deep tank? So we, we have a treadmill. 
Mm-hmm. We've got an underwater treadmill, um, which we use quite a lot. It's, it's a slightly longer one. It's the slightly longer version so that you can get two therapists in there um, because we've had a few dogs. Um, actually, one of the first dogs I treated physio-wise at Pennard's um, was called Sam. Um, he had had a clot removed from his cervical spine and was paraplegic. Um, and we got him back in the tank and we were doing his physical, moving his legs. And within three weeks, he was up on his feet again. Wow. That's brilliant. Absolutely and brilliant. It's just, it just makes me feel good all the time. And actually, the even better thing about it was he was quite an aggressive patient initially. And right. by the time he left, he was the loveliest dog. So happy to see us. We'd come running in. You know, it just it changed his whole experience because he realised very quickly we were actually trying to help him. Right. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a really real bonding exercise, isn't it? Yeah. Especially when you ask the owner, can you stop feeding him because we need him to work for a bit of food? <laughs> ah, yes. Now, there's the thing, isn't it? Mm. So where, where to where to next for you, Hannah, in terms of um, career? Uh, honestly, I have no idea. I've kind of got where I am by asking for opportunity, actually. Um, mm. So I talked about this at BBNA and I said, I, if I had one piece of advice, I was saying seizure opportunity. So I actually ended up talking at BBNA because they had an open call for speakers. I sent them a, a talk I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, my son was two days old at the time on the day wow. of closing. And um, I had misread it a bit of it and saw that they needed a video. So I sent them one at two o'clock in the morning. It's <laughs> <laughs> fairly normal, and, uh, normal working hours for the BVNA, I think. Yeah, yeah, they do that. They're all right. And uh, when they messaged me back going, oh, we'd like to invite you to speak, I went, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah, so a lot, a lot of the places that I've got to, I've gone, well, can I do this? Or would it be okay? With the sort of thought of, they can only say no. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think you you have to seize your opportunity and find out what's out there and give it a go. You know, what, what's the harm in taking something on and going, actually, this doesn't work for me? That's fine, because then at least you've tried it. I think you're right. I think the biggest mistake we can ever make is to say no, because we are afraid to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless, I mean, there there are some good things to be afraid of. So, you know, a biggest mistake in your life isn't to say no to wrestling in a pile of venomous snakes because you're afraid to. That would be a good thing to say no to. It's Um, more opportunities of what you want to do. Yeah, That's probably worded better. It's very easy to go, oh, well, I've always wanted to do this, but, you know, no one's one's offered it to me. Okay, but, but did you ask? Did you try? Did you find out how much it was going to cost? Did you find out how to make that happen? Yeah. Did you just wait for someone to say, would you do it? Well, yeah, exactly. And that and that's a very different scenario to actually putting yourself forward and putting yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very inspirational, Hara. But is there anything you would have done differently? Oh, so many things I would have done differently. Um, <laughs> Care to share some? Yeah, of course. Um, so I actually wrote an article recently about high-functioning anxiety in the workplace and okay. where that came from. And it came from me as a student not really knowing the, the realities of working in a vet practice and not understanding that sort of I took it on myself that failure was not an option. So 
I then created this high functioning anxiety, which often leads to blame culture because you kind of go, well, it wasn't me. So it's someone else. Mm. Um, And I think had I known then what I know now, I would have invested a lot more time in my personal growth, Mm -hmm. in my own resilience and my communication skills, because I learned a lot of that the hard way. Um, And actually, I think it's something we don't value enough in the veterinary profession. Interesting. So would, yeah. would that be would that be your your word of advice to your eighteen year old self? Oh, definitely. It would mm-hmm. definitely be, you know, learn to e- express yourself in a way that's not upsetting to other people. In how to confront the fact that you're upset without bottling it inside, because that's what we all do. We don't want to admit there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, just to be honest, like being honest is one of the biggest things and we don't want to do that because we're people pleasers you know that's that's a really hard thing to admit um and we never tend to sort of say to someone i'm upset about this until it's absolute breaking point so then it's this huge thing instead of something a little bit bite-sized that you could have dealt with so for example say it was the fact that i didn't want to work till seven o'clock every night um or because i ended up staying late um and I would wait and wait and wait and wait until I'm so tired I just couldn't cope anymore mm-hmm. and then go to somebody in tears instead of going look I've worked a few nights till till seven in a row I'm finding it really hard could we change the rotor a little bit then it's a small thing it's not a big thing it, it yeah. is we feel there's a there's a guilt isn't there and a and a reticence to to, to talk about anything that that, that has displeased us or mm. as they were afraid of offending someone and, and you can see it we, we've all done it in restaurants haven't we you, you sit in a restaurant and you think what's this tough old bit of beef or or as vegetarian what was this tough old bit of tofu i've been given this rotten rotten old stuff the sauce is disgusting and the waiter comes along and says everything all right with your meal oh, yes thank yes yeah. thank you thank you yes it's not a cold mouthful yes <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so is, is that a cultural thing? Is that a, is that a British stiff upper lip thing? Is that where does that come um, from? I think I think a lot of it is a British thing, mm. um, only because having worked with uh, lots of European, lots of Aussie, lots of Kiwi um, people, they're far more direct. Yeah, which I actually found really hard because I was a bit like, oh my god, are they having a go at me? Yes, yeah. are they being rude? Yeah. Um, because I'm a bit Hugh Grant effect. Could you possibly, probably, please do this for me? <laughs> it's, it's if, it, not, if it's not too much trouble, honestly. Exactly. It's yeah. not... Um, Hi, mate. Will you get your ass over there and get that sorted? <laughs> that's, and that's the difference. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think we sort of do this. We have to pretend all the time that everything's fine. Mm. Yes. No one's fine. <laughs> yes, yes. I, honestly, I'll, I'll remove the knife from my knee later. I'm... Fine. Fine. I, I, I've just got a bit of the coffee table embedded in my skull, but I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. The stain will come out of the rug. It's not yeah. coffee and blood mix. It's all right. It's fine. It's a mere flesh wound. Come back. <laughs> it's it's got the other arm. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So so it's, it's pretty much... So we sort of set ourselves up for failure in the first place then, don't we? Being Brits. Uh, yeah, and I also think we need to... There's not an education piece in nursing training about, um, so there's a communication module, but there's not really enough about your own personal development and your own confidence and resilience um, 
because I would always endure rather than be resilient. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is um, Rue Davis said it really, really well, actually. She said um, resilience is learning to ride your surfboard. Endurance is just holding on to it and waiting for it to end. That's an interesting one, yeah. That's a good analogy, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. Say that again. So resilience is learning to ride the waves on your surfboard. Yeah. Endurance is just holding on to it and waiting for it to be over. Listen, Hannah, you've you've shared an awful lot with us tonight. And you, you've just delivered a cracking 60-second CPD. So have we got a CPD certificate for a phenomenal 60-second CPD and a fabulous guest? We do. Here we go. Here's wow. a CPD certificate. What you got? It's even, it's even got a, part, a pun on it. Certificate of getting physical. This certifies that we got physical. Physical. Ooh, let's get into physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Certificate, certificate, okay. certificate. Thank you. Therapy, of course. And, uh, and there's various uh, very scene, scenes of, uh, of physical therapy. There's, there's me doing some yoga on a rock. I mean, that's uh, an excellent tree pose. It's, it's great. I thought I, I like that. Very uh, good. I'm doing a little, little ski jump there and doing some snorkeling there. So all, ah. all good forms of, uh, uh, of exercise. And here we have uh, here we have a dog with uh, with both forelimbs. Wow. Um, repaired that he had a bilateral radial uh, radial fracture uh so he's going to need some physio yeah and here's uh, here's a cat with now what do i do with this cat this was uh how many legs is that oh, oh no this this was uh, actually a traumatic cruciate rupture in a cat all right oh, wow. uh, and as you can see uh if you can see here uh we had to remove the tail as well because was it was, so what happened to the tail yeah yeah he um he got hit by a car Wow. And uh, he had a paralysed bladder for 48 hours. But my wife is an acupuncturist, both for oh, humans and wow. animals. And I think it was her acupuncture that, uh, that got the bladder uh, working so quickly. Wow. Removing the tail probably helped a bit because there was a lot of pulling on the, uh, uh, on, on the nerves there. Uh, and he had, as I said, a, a traumatic rupture of the, of the cranial and cord crucial ligaments. Wow. So we did a bilateral implant there. Cool. Uh, and, and here's here's a Gloucester old spot pig. Uh, for no better reason than I think we should uh, just have a moment's silence for these poor pigs who are uh, struggling at the moment to, to sell at market because oh. they're not worth so much. And so they're having to be slaughtered early without going to feed anyone, which is a real shame. That's a waste. That's a, it is a that's a criminal waste. I flip that around and tell you about a saved life from once upon a time, just because it was the funniest physio that I've ever done. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to tell you about the, the funniest patient I've ever had to do physio on was actually a duck. All right. A duck. Um, yeah, I worked with a lovely, lovely vet who rescued this duck that had been hit by a car mm-hmm. um, and had um, damaged its leg and we... I helped her anaesthetize it and and do the surgery, and she reattached the duck's leg. And she did the, did the, the duck have a name, Hannah? No, she didn't actually. I'm sure it was Matilda, wasn't it? Probably. Jemima. Right. Jemima, double duck. Yeah. No. no okay. And um, anyway, she took the drapes off, and its feet were like this. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she, she reattached the foot the wrong way round. The wrong way round. So then we re-anaesthetised the duck, took the foot off and put it back on the right way. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, well. And, and the duck is doing very well. The duck made a full recovery and was then released um, and did really, really, really well. We did some small amount of um, hydrotherapy in that we had a large Belfast sink in the practice. Right. Um, so we did sort of walking in it first and then getting yeah. deeper and trying to get her to swim and see how it would go. Um, it was brilliant until she covered the IDEX machine in water. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, yeah. Did it have a big bill? It did at the end, yeah. It had a big bill. Quite appropriate. Quite <laughs> appropriate. Actually, the, we were joking about Jemima and Matilda. The real name was Lorange, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very tasty. Lorange Pekin. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> there Ooh. we go. That's brilliant stuff. Hannah, it's been an absolute pleasure to, uh, to chat to you today. Yeah, it's been lovely yeah, to talk to you guys. You guys yeah. are, are so bubbly and brilliant. Thank you very much. We try. But that's, that's a very nice thing to say, Hannah. We really appreciate that. Well, ho- hopefully we'll, we'll give our other listeners and, and viewers a laugh. And, and don't forget to subscribe and click like below. And uh, if you've got any ideas for future shows, get in touch with us. We'll see what we can bring on the show for you. So it only leaves for me to say, Hannah, thank you very much indeed. And may your dog go with you. Thank you very much. May your dog go with you. May your dog go with you. May your dog go with you. <laughs> and cut! Done. There we go. Done. How was that then, Hannah? Oh, that was brilliant. You enjoy that? Oh, I tell you what, you guys are giving me a buzzing night. Really? Yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. What a good say. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed it. It's been really lovely. We've enjoyed it too. We've enjoyed it as well. It's been great. Lovely to meet you. Have a great uh, rest of your evening. And, Thank you very much. Um, Hopefully see you down the line. Yeah, see you down the line. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks ever so much, Hannah. You take care. Bye. Bye.